Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Hello, everyone. How are you today? Father Anthony Tinker here with... Father Peter Teresa McConnell. Got my full name in there, that's it. <laughs> we are so excited to be with you. How are you doing today, Father Peter? I'm doing good. There's a lot of Peter Teresas around there, so I had to identify myself as with my last name because, you know, there's so many Peter Teresas out there. I actually said Father Peter. I meant to say Father Peter Teresa. I'd like, never you. do that, but yeah. I'm sorry. Um, so here we are. It is May. We're talking about Our Lady. Amen. Uh, we did, it's her month. Uh, yes, her, it's her month. We talked about um, kind of the dogmas associated with Mary right. a couple weeks ago. We're going to talk about Marian apparitions today, specifically focused on Our Lady of Fatima, because May 13th is the anniversary of Our Amen. Lady of Fatima. And so first, we just need to know what a Marian apparition is. Let's do and it. then from there, uh, get into a little bit of Our Lady of Fatima, which is Sounds it's a very great. important day before we get into it. Very important day for our community. I would agree. So we actually arrived in 2015 into this Six year anniversary. And met with Bishop Olmsted on May 13, 2015. So we drove down on May 2nd is when we turned in our indults of departure, made the drive down. Yeah. And so seven of us met with him on that day. So it's a, it's a really big, it's an anniversary of our first arrival into this diocese Amen. as, you know, the, for the foundation of the new community. And then- And then three years later, I was ordained a deacon on May 13th. Our Lady of Fatima. So it was pretty cool because I, I was not there when you guys drove down in 2015. And so I felt like the Lord kind of let me share in the glory of that day by allowing me to be ordained a deacon that day. So it was cool. It was Mother's Day. It was Our Lady of Fatima. And it was also the Ascension that Sunday uh, for my ordination. So wow, pretty, you are blessed. I'm blessed. Yes. The Lord, the Lord has to love me in a very particular special way. He loves all of his children. Amen. Uh, just that was a very, very loving, blessed day for you. Okay, let's Amen. get into it. What is a Marian apparition? Tell me, Father. <clears throat> okay, so it's when the Blessed Virgin Mary appears, mm-hmm. you know, comes down. So she obviously has been assumed. You talked about this. Right. She was assumed into heaven. Correct. She is the queen of heaven and earth. She's in, you know, in, residing in heaven. But she does come and make apparitions. Mm-hmm. She reveals herself. She's interceding for us, praying for us. And, and she comes in occasionally to an individual group of, or of individuals will reveal herself, will appear yeah. in order to uh, give consolation, in order to give some kind of message, some kind of revelation, and all this to draw us ever closer to Jesus. Amen. Yeah, um, that's what so, she does. Uh, there are, there's moments when the Blessed Virgin Mary appears to us here on earth, letting us know that her prayers for us are being offered to God. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and so they're throughout all of the the worlds, yeah. throughout different times and places, Our Lady has appeared. Um, and there's different levels of apparition. Right. Where there are Vatican approved apparitions. Um, one of the most famous of these is Our Lady of Guadalupe. Yes. That Mary Love truly did appear to Juan Diego. Um, on the hill of Tepeyac and truly did imprint an image of herself so on cool. his tilma. We should do a podcast on our Lady of Guadalupe. Oh my days. goodness, That's gladly, it. gladly. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, incredible, but the church has, has, the Vatican has said this, it, this happened. Right. Like um, now we are 
you know, we're always supposed to be disposed to believe what the church teaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with that, when the church says Mary did appear there, we have to give a filial obedience to that right. recognition. Yeah. This is Vatican approved. Now, there are also Marian apparitions would be, which would be diocesan approved. Yes. So there's certain dioceses or bishops who would say, you know, um, as a diocese that we are approving this apparition of Our Lady. There's actually one uh, Marian apparition yeah. in the uh, approved diocesan approved in the U.S. So there's we no, were there about a year, almost a year ago. We were there about a year ago. Talk about that trip. Uh, it was a blessed trip. It was uh, in the is it Lacrosse, Wisconsin? No, is it's it, in Green Bay. Green Bay, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, there's. Um, it's the National Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help in yeah. Champion, Wisconsin, yeah. which I'm pretty sure is the diocese of Green Bay. Pretty amazing apparition there, um, and pretty cool, miraculous things happened. But she appeared to a young woman. And, and there and, and asked her to, to catechize the, the, the town essentially. And that's what she did. She went around and knocking on people's doors and got the children and catechized them. And, and the site where she appeared actually survived rather miraculously, like a, a crazy forest fire um, in, in Wisconsin and, and Illinois and Chicago and things like that. Um, I don't know if it was the Great Chicago Fire or not, but it was something like that. And, but the whole site where she appeared, the outside of the white picket fence was charred black and the inside was still white because um, it survived the fire and protected the site. So so pretty cool that we have a, a diocesan approved one here in the U.S., Our Lady of Good uh, Health. Um, what did I say? I said it's Our Lady of um, the Nash- Our Lady of Good Health. Yes. Yes. Um, so, but this is a diocesan approved Marian apparition. Right which is different than a Vatican approved. So the bishop has gone through, he's done a whole uh, kind of discernment, discernment look yeah. into, investigated, looked through and said, I'm approving, as the bishop of this diocese in my territory, I'm approving this Marian apparition. Yeah. Well, it's just at a different level than a Vatican approved. For sure. You know, for the sake yeah. of the whole church. Yeah. So for his faithful, for the diocese, he's saying for my faithful, this diocese, I'm saying, this is this is worthy of devotion mm-hmm. that Our Lady appeared here. Yeah. Um, versus the Vatican saying for the whole church, Our right. Lady, this right. is this is universally yep. universally we should be um, believing and looking into. Amen. So one of these is obviously Our Lady of Fatima. Indeed. Um, that she has um, appeared, and let me get all of my my facts. It was May thirteenth. 1917. That's right. When she first appeared to three shepherd children, uh, Lucia, Francisco, and Jacinta. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're little shepherd children in uh, Fatima, Portugal. Yeah. They're up on a hill and uh, they appear. They are, this lady, this woman appears mm-hmm. holding a rosary and praying a rosary. Um, they, they said, uh, so specifically, a woman all in white more brilliant than the sun, presented itself to the three children, saying, please don't be afraid of me. I'm not going to harm you. Lissy asked her where she came from, and she responded, I come from heaven. The woman wore a white mantle edged with gold and held a rosary in her hand. The woman asked them to pray and devote themselves to the Holy Trinity and to say the rosary every day to bring peace to the world and to end the war. Yeah. Um, and this was the World War One, right? It's just right. kind of is right at the, at the end of World War One. Yeah. Um, and so there's they go back, the children are, Right, kind of yeah. awestruck, and they go back and say, "I know I'm." Uh, tell, there's this woman who's appeared to us. It's Mary. She wants us to pray the rosary, etc. Yeah. And her parents are, and the Dawson priest there are like, "Yeah, it's whoa, a little whoa, hard whoa. to believe." Hold your horses, yeah. and and so they uh, they go every month on the 13th 
of the month from May to October. Mm-hmm. And Mary appears every month but two. Um, yeah. Well, one time they're unable to go because right. they're actually imprisoned yeah. um, by the mayor of the cities. So they can't go. Yeah. Um, and so th- through that, they have these monthly apparitions. The uh, the month that they were imprisoned and uh, they couldn't go, I believe it was August, um, which would have been August 13th, which is my birthday. So I'm always really sad. That, like, <laughs> I'm always like, what were the messages for the different days? And then I look at August, I'm like, oh, like it didn't happen. But um, yeah. So finally on October 13th yes. of 1917, um, the, the re- reputation is spread. Yeah. Our lady's appearing, people have gone. And she said, I'm going to do something, a miraculous sign. And so mm-hmm. over 70,000 people show Incredible. up. Incredible. Up there uh, where the apparitions are occurring and are present. And Our Lady, there's the miracle of the sun, as yeah. they call it, where <laughs> yeah. they see the sun like coming down from heaven. Yeah. Right? Like reaching down, coming towards earth. Wasn't right? it? It was like raining. It had been raining. It had before. been raining like all day. It was raining all day. It was yeah. muddy. It was, yeah. And then they see, and everybody's like, it's all scared. Yeah. Like, they, they're like, it looks like the sun's about to hit the earth. Exactly. And the sun goes back. Yeah. yeah right. And it does this. Um, a few times, and and then all this, it's all dry. Yeah, there are people there who are atheists who come to believe in God. They're actually mm-hmm. reporters there. It this, the, is, it was like the newspaper. this is in the New York yeah. Times. If you go to New York Times, nineteen seventeen, so you know this reports. Yeah, the 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 reporter's like, uh, I don't believe what I saw, but I just have to report this yeah. is what I saw. Like I saw this um, miracle of miracle, the sun. Yeah. Um. So obviously the church sees this beautiful apparition. Um, they begin to investigate, they look into it. Uh, and then the, the two, uh, two of the, of the children die mm-hmm. at a young age yeah. from uh, the, the measles or mumps. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't have all my facts, but it's Francisco and Jacinta right, they pass, pass away mm-hmm. soon after the apparition. Yeah. But Lucia lives on for, um, quite, a long for time. quite a while. And actually yeah. John Paul II visited her. Yeah. So getting into moving forward, John Paul II, St. John Paul II, why he's so associated with Fatima before right. we get into the, the big secrets of Fatima, you know, people, mm-hmm. want to, kind of the, <laughs> people want to talk about the most, what yeah. Our Lady revealed to these children, yeah. is that when St. John Paul II was a shot, yeah. it was on the feast of Our Lady of Fatima. Yep. And he attributed Our Lady of Fatima to his miraculous um, recovery and actually, yeah. you know, being saved. Yeah. So I, I know I have a priest friend who was, when, was in... Uh, Rome studying North American College. Okay, and when J- Saint John the Bald Second was Pope, his doctor, his heart doctor, was the same heart doctor wow. as John Paul II. Wow. Okay. And so he had actually investigated, looked at John Paul II because yeah. he got shot. And the, the what people talk about is how the bullet went around the heart. And you hear that, and you're like, "What does that mean?" It's like the bullet. No, but the bullet went in, took a 90 degree turn. Went like around the heart and then took another 90 degree turn and went back as if it was going straight. That's so crazy. And so, you know, we, we hear this and we're like, well, yeah. that's nice. But my priest friend, he had the same doctor. The doctor said, no, no, no. I, I investigate. Like I is his, I his saw doctor. It. I saw the wound. Like the bullet went around his heart. Like he's like, I can't explain it. Yeah. And so John Paul II, when you heard this, he attributed Our Lady of Fatima yeah. to his, his miraculous intervention to not being killed that he day. He said one hand fired the bullet and another hand guided the bullet yeah that's so beautiful yeah (laughs) 
And so he put actually that bullet is in the crown of Our Lady. It, it, of so that's like that's pretty sweet. That's totally <laughs> like what Catholics do. Oh, like, yeah. Totally what the Lord does is like we take the thing that you use to try to kill us, and then we're going to like use it as a symbol of triumph. That's why we have the cross and the crucifix. So to take the bullet that like someone tried to assassinate you with and then to put it in the crown of Our Lady of the Statue of Fatima, it's just a pretty baller move by John Paul. <laughs> yes, it's okay. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. It's a Catholic thing yeah. to do. I love it. I love it. You can't so, do anything to us, devil. Back to why is Our Lady of Fatima so important? Why do people turn to her asking, you know, why, why is she, you hear her a lot today. People bringing mm-hmm. up. Yeah, for sure. This group, Fatima needs America. America needs Fatima. Mm-hmm. You have this, like, talking about the, these apparitions of Fatima. Well, it all goes back to these three secrets. Quote, unquote. That, quote, unquote, that our lady revealed to these children. Yeah. That were not to be revealed immediately. Mm-hmm. So these three secrets are, are given, but not revealed until later. In fact, Sister Lucia writes them up, kind of has them kind of stamped and sealed and waiting, right. and then hands them to John the 23rd. John the 23rd then does not reveal them um, immediately. Right. Uh, he says it's just not the time yet. Mm-hmm. Eventually they are revealed um, by John Paul II. It reveals these 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 secrets of Fatima. Um, like I said, the, the, so the two were revealed earlier and the third was revealed later because mm-hmm. the third was so kind of, what was say, controversial. Right. Um, so the first secret, as they call it, um, is was a vision of hell right. that they had on July 13th, 1917. Yeah, I'm glad that wasn't on my birthday. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> But would have been revealed on your birthday. That's the question. Maybe yeah, it's just a, yeah. yeah. Um, and so this is what she says. Our lady showed us a great sea of fire which seemed to be under the earth. Plunged in this fire were demons and souls in human form, like transparent burning embers, all blackened or burnished bronze, floating about in the conflagration now raised into the air by the flames that issued from within themselves together with the great clouds of smoke, now falling back on every side like sparks in a huge fire without weight or equilibrium, and amid shrieks and groans of pain and despair which horrified us and made us tremble with fear. The demons could be distinguished by their terrifying and repulsive likeness to frightful and unknown animals, all black and transparent. This vision lasted but an instant. How can we ever be grateful enough to our kind Heavenly Mother who had already prepared us by promising in the first apparition to take us to heaven? Otherwise, I think we would have died of fear and terror. Yeah. So this vision of hell. And no surprise, it's terrifying. Yeah, right. It's one instant. And yet, there, they, she said, I almost died of fear. Yeah. Because it was so revealing as to how horrific it was. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's total depravity of God. Mm-hmm. Everything, so every pleasure we have on earth is in is related to the fact that we have relationship with God in yeah. one way or another. It points that to his God. love, that it points to God, that yeah. his love is sustaining, that all the earthly pleasures, quote unquote, all stem from his love mm-hmm. and go back to his now. Now you can abuse that gift he has that we can take pleasure in earthly things right. and you can do things that are, that are sinful yeah. or you can do actions that would be not sinful in a certain context like sex inside of the mar- right. marriage versus outside of marriage. Right. You can make a, a, God, a act God has made good and make it sinful. Yeah. But with all this, all of this is in certain sense related to God. We'll talk for about sure. sex outside marriage is that because it's been instituted by God, yeah. because it's for the begetting of children yeah. and the expression of love to a spouse, because two become one yeah. in this beautiful sacrament, that, that God is in a certain sense sustaining the beauty yeah. of it. Yeah. But when God removed everything just becomes pure agony because yeah. his love no longer sustains. Yeah. Now he's 
present in hell in an extent because he's everything's sustained by him. So hell sure. couldn't have exist without his, yeah. his him sustaining it. But at the same time, it's the absence of his love. Yeah. Um, to what extent that is possible. Yeah. And how the, the souls in hell are completely depraved of God. It's uh it's not something that we, particularly in the 21st century, really like to think about. Um, you know, one of my professors in seminary, Dr. Ralph Martin, likes to talk about the uh, that everyone thinks that the gospel says that um, that wide is the way that leads to heaven, and, and many are those who walk upon it, and, and narrows the way that that leads to hell, and, and few are those where, where it's actually the opposite, which is what Jesus says in the gospel, but. But just the point being that we don't like to think about hell. We don't like to think about um, people being damned. People being it's it's it is a um, a difficult I think thing for the modern world and the modern mind to understand why a loving God could do that or would do that. Um, and and that's and that's a whole long other conversation that perhaps you know maybe you and I could have one day. That'd be a lot of fun. But um. But just to just to just acknowledge the fact that hell does exist and that people go there and it's not just like Hitler there by himself, you know, there are um uh there are other people in hell and and and, and the church never says the church never says definitively who's in hell, you know, well, she'll never do that. Um like she does with the saints where we definitively say someone's in heaven. Um but we believe that it exists and and through these private revelations that we can come to some sort of knowledge that it that there are people there. Uh, so it is um, It is a very, just sort of an intense reality, but I think one that um, we have to look at. And why is Our Lady doing this? Yeah. Well, because we need to look at it. Yeah. I think oftentimes we get into the, um, the just, oh, well, I'll just be a good person and be nice right. and I'll go to heaven and everybody I love goes to heaven. And there's, but when our ladies revealing hell and seeing, they're seeing people falling in it like embers. Mm-hmm. It's just people just falling into hell, just all these souls in hell. It's not, yeah. like I said, not just empty, but it's, <laughs> it's well populated. Yeah. That when we have to look at that, we have to take an examination of our life because hell is filled by people who choose hell. Yeah. And not explicitly choose hell, like I want to go to hell, but you're choosing hell or you're choosing heaven with your decisions. Mm-hmm. If you're choosing to enter into mortal sin, you're choosing to abandon the church, you're choosing you know, not to go go to church on Sunday. Um, you know, well, I, I mean, there's a pandemic now, but in general, like I don't want to make the Eucharist right. in my life. Right. Um, you're choosing hell because you're choosing to disobey God and his commandments. Yeah. You're choosing to deprive a life with him here on earth. And then if you choose to deprive yourself of a life in relationship with God on earth, that life will just continue in hell. God's just giving you what you want. It's like, mm-hmm. well, you didn't want a life with me on earth, so that's just gonna continue afterwards. And so we have to look at that and say, am I choosing heaven or choosing hell with my decisions? Yeah. Am I really desiring heaven and choosing to, to follow God and the things associated with God, to follow his church, which he's instituted, to devote my life to his Eucharist, et cetera, because my life is centered on heaven and I wanna be with him for all eternity. This is the first time I've had this thought, but it is interesting to sort of like historically contextualize this apparition where, um, so it's 1917, um, and like 20 years before this or so, you have one of the greatest saints of the modern world, St. Therese, who is like giving the world her little way, which is just like utmost confidence in the love of God. and then you have the the Fatima apparitions, um, and then like twenty years later, you have the Lord appearing to this nun in Poland, 
giving her the divine mercy revelations. Um, and and so we need we need all of it. You know what I mean? We need Therese in her little way to have utmost confidence in God. Like we need Fatima and, and the reality that like there are souls perishing because they have no one to pray and make sacrifices for them. Um, and then we need Faustina and and the divine mercy where where we just throw ourselves at the mercy of God and, and trust in it. And so um it is rather interesting to see these these sort of divine interventions, if you will, um, coming to us in, in the 20th century and, and looking out of them and holding them all together yeah. as we can do as Catholics. That's beautiful. So, uh, side note, you brought up divine mercy. You yeah. brought up hell, you know, and if there's there's other things that you want us to talk about, please email us, info at becomefire.faith. Yeah. Send an email and say, here, I really want to hear you guys talk about this subject. For sure. That subject. Yeah. Talk about divine mercy. Talk about hell. Talk about this or that. We'd love to. We're always mm-hmm. looking for good ideas. So please email info becomefire.faith with any ideas you might have for us to podcast. For sure. Or any fun questions you yeah. want. Um, Father Peter Teresa doesn't know what fun questions coming in today, so he's in for a surprise. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Avoid the panic. There's, there's a second secret. Okay. Um, let's just read. You have seen hell where the souls of poor sinners go, right? So it's Our Lady talking. They've seen hell already. Mm -hmm. Uh, To save them, God wishes to establish in the world devotion to my immaculate heart. Mm. If what I say to you is done, many souls will be saved and there will be peace. The war is going to end. Talking about World War I. But if people do not cease offending God, a worse one will break out during the pontificate of Pope Pius XI. When you see a knight illumined by an unknown light, Know that this is the great sign given you by God that he is about to punish the world for its crimes by means of war, famine, and persecutions of the church and of the Holy Father. To prevent this, I shall come to ask for the consecration of Russia to my Immaculate Heart and the communion of reparation on the first Saturdays. If my requests are heeded, Russia will be converted and there will be peace. If not, she will spread her heirs throughout the world, causing wars and persecutions of the church. The good will be martyred. The Holy Father will have much to suffer. Various nations will be annihilated. In the end, my immaculate heart will triumph. The Holy Father will consecrate Russia to me and she shall be converted and a period of peace will be granted to the world. Okay, a lot there. Oh, that's a lot there. Um, <laughs> let's just start with, she predicts that the fir- First World War is going to end mm-hmm. in a second, but a worse is going to come if, if that people don't convert. Yeah. And Russia's not consecrated to her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, take heed. Yeah. Who Who is right... One of the central players to World War II, Russia. Yeah. Right? That this wasn't heated. There was not a consecration yeah. of Russia before World War II mm-hmm. to the Immaculate Heart. Um, and then there weren't these, these communions of reparation. Yeah. Now we're happening in these first side of devotion. We'll talk about first side of devotion in a little bit. But, but just to say that Our Lady said, hey, this world's going to end, but something worse is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to get to our own time, you know, and, and I, not to, over, you know, emphasize or spiritualize this, but I, I want to say it is that we had a pandemic. Sure. We didn't have mass at Easter last year. Yeah. Which, I, as far as sadness as a priest goes, that's way up there as far as some of the most tragic experiences, celebrating Easter alone. Yeah. You know, um, lucky with you, you know, and, uh, <laughs> you know, but it was like there was no congregation there, yeah. not bringing anybody into the church. So, um, and yet, with all these times, God is saying, come back to me, mm-hmm. come back to me, plunge yourself into my merciful mm-hmm. love, plunge yourself into my heart, turn your heart to me, you know, live for heaven, mm-hmm. um, or worse things will happen. Yeah. Not because God is punishing, it's because that's what gets our attention. Yeah. You know, after, after uh, 9-11, the churches were packed. Yeah. 
but then slowly they faded away again. That, yeah. that we oftentimes, unfortunately, we don't respond to good times so well. God times, we, good times, we just live fat and happy. Yeah. Um, if we could live better in good times, <laughs> they wouldn't need to be like, pull us back. It's very true. But God oftentimes has to pull us back because we get um, complacent and we don't put him at the center in the good times. So then these difficult times come so that we will turn our hearts back to him because it's it's just a very effective way. Yeah. And we've seen that over and over. And I've seen that in my life. I've seen that with other people's lives. Absolutely. And, and sin just begets more sin. So if you're going to keep sinning and persisting in your sin, um, it, it's its own it's its own punishment in, in many ways. When 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 she says that God is going to punish the world, that that He's just going to allow you to suffer the consequences of your actions. Uh, that's what that means. That 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 virtue is its own reward, and sin is its own punishment. That uh, that. That going to the bottle is its own kind of hell, you know. It, no one, no one feels better um, the morning after with a huge hangover. Like it's its own, it's its own punishment. And so, God allows us to experience the consequences of our actions, um, and then the experience of those consequences. Hopefully, then we, as you're saying, cry out to Him and say, like, "Okay, um, I'm a mess, and I, I, and I need your divine intervention." <clears throat> So then Our Lady asked for two things. Once the consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart, or her heirs will spread, or to the heirs, those heirs of communism and socialism, yes. which have been again and again condemned. Yeah. You know, we could talk about that as another podcast. Transgenderism too. I mean, but, that was happening big time in Russia during this time. A lot of like, a lot of the things we are experiencing right now. And, and sexual promiscuity. Yeah. Um, they just had like camps that were set up yeah. because they were trying to, you know, uh, do all the, there was all these weird experimentation, these death camps as well. Mm-hmm. Um, more people were dying in Russia than they were in concentration camps in Germany. Yeah. It was very, very terrible evil yeah. that was happening. Um, and and we, we've seen... Uh, now, uh, John Paul II did consecrate the world to the Immaculate Heart and right. included Russia in that. So Lucia said that satisfied it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a debated thing we're not going to get into. But just to right. say that there's this call that, um, that, that we have to consecrate. You know, to the Immaculate Heart, this devotion to the Immaculate Heart, and I, it's an encouragement to all of us to consecrate ourselves to the Immaculate Heart, our families Amen. to the Immaculate Heart. Um, that that Our Lady would intercede, that would protect us from air, from moving into air. Mm-hmm. And we see that even our own, you know, people are talking about communism, socialism, as if it's ever worked or been done well, <laughs> yeah. or Christ, or done, done Christian. That it's it's not an uh, a, the church has the church has again and again condemned it as an atheistic system. Right. And every right. pope, you know. Right. It's not just an economic system. It, it it is its own sort of religious political philosophy that is inherently atheistic, and and so it's so it's it, we can't just bracket it and talk about it as it's just like about economics. It's not. It's a right. lot broader than that. And, and then you hear people like talking about, oh, Bernie Sanders is a socialist and he's good. We want to be socialism, but without recognizing the errors that come with it. We're not. I'm yeah. not going to get into that, but just say like air spread. Yes. When you don't. Yeah. Turn to Our Lady. <laughs> we don't turn to the Lord. Amen. Like because He's truth. Jesus is the truth, and we need the truth to help us overcome the ignorance of the world. Because things look very appealing to the in the world's eyes if we don't have, look with the eyes of faith. Yeah. Um. And that to do these communions of reparation. That there's this call to go to the first Saturday reparation, where you're supposed to go to mass and receive communion on first Saturdays and do an act of reparation as an act of reparation to the Immaculate Heart. What what do we mean by an act of reparation? What would what would that? So, repara- So, 
I'll use an analogy. Yeah. Let's say you're playing baseball mm-hmm. and in your backyard and you and your brother and he throws you a pitch and you hit the ball to your, oh, into your neighbor's backyard and break their window. Yeah. That would never happen to me, but I get it. <laughs> um, and so you have to go in, hat in hand, to your neighbor, <laughs> yeah. and ring the doorbell, and you know, Mr. Smith answers. And you say, Mr. Smith, I'm sorry. I hit a baseball through your window. I apologize. Mm-hmm. And what does he say? You know, I forgive you, mm-hmm. hopefully. Um, but then, you know what? That window's still broken. Yeah. So that window needs to be repaired. And he might say, you're forgiven, but you need to mow my yard you know, every Saturday for a month or three months or whatever. And that will earn enough money for me for the reparation of the window, for the window to be repaired. Yeah. Because the window's still broken. You've been forgiven. He forgave you. The window's still broken. Same with our sin. Our sin has consequences, Mm -hmm. right? And they affect other people. There's people who are wounded and are struggling. And we know this. I I have hurts and wounds from people who've hurt me, even and and even if they've probably gone to confession for it, right? Mm-hmm. Or I've gone to confession for things and I know yeah. I've hurt other people, doesn't mean it, that the hurt and the pain doesn't go away. Yeah. Um, and so forgiveness can happen through the sacrament of reconciliation, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that the effects of the sin have been taken away. Mm-hmm. And so that's what purgatory is for, right? It's for these for 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 um, purification of our souls and justice for a lot of the uh, consequences of our sin. Yeah. But reparation is is a part of that. We're re- re- doing reparation for the ill consequences of our sin. Okay, yeah, yeah. So we can, prayer, fasting, uh, maybe some sort of um, penance that we might take up, that the, all of these things would would be good ways to make reparation. In particular, and going to Mass on the first Saturdays, yes, that, of course, in yes. honor of the Immaculate Heart yeah. of Mary, and receiving communion on that day, yeah. in, for, in the, for the specific purpose of reparation. Um, and then we get into, just to, to keep us moving here, to the third secret of Fatima. And this is kind of the big, uh, controversial um, secret um, where people say that has it really been revealed? It got revealed much later. Mm-hmm. Um, this got didn't get revealed until the year two thousand. Um, so this has been kind of revealed much much later. Um, and uh, what, there's there's been a vision, but there's been no like interpretation of it. So what does this actually mean? We'll just kind of read <clears throat> it. Um, where she says, "I render obedience to you, my God, who command me to do so uh, through His Excellency the Bishop of Lier." Aliria, and through your most holy mother and mine, after the two parts which I've already explained, at the left of Our Lady and a little above, we saw an angel. So she's, there's uh, the same. This three secrets are all coming that same day, July 13th. So they saw an angel with a flaming sword in his left hand, flashing. It gave out flames that looked as though they would set the world on fire, but they died out in contact with the splendor that Our Lady radiated towards them from her right hand. Pointing to the earth with his right hand, the angel cried out in a loud voice, "Penance!" Penance, mm. penance. And we saw an, an immense light that is God, something similar to how people appear in a mirror when they pass in front of it. A bishop dressed in white. We had the impression that it was the Holy Father. Other bishops, priests, men and women, religious, going up a steep mountain, at the top of which there was a big cross of rough-hewn trunks of a, of a cork tree with the bark. Before reaching there, the Holy Father passed through a big city, half in ruins and half trembling with halting, halting step. Afflicted with pain and sorrow, he prayed for the souls of the corpses he met on his way. Having reached the top of the mountain, on his knees, at the foot of the big cross, he was killed by a group of soldiers who, who fired bullets and arrows at him. And in the same way, there died one after another, the other bishops, priests, men and women religious, and various lay people of different ranks and positions. Beneath the two arms of the cross, there were two angels, each with a crystal aspersorium in his hand, in which they gathered up the blood of the martyrs, and with it sprinkled the souls that were making their way to God." Mm. Um, I, 
I don't know what to say. We're out of time anyway. Uh, just to say that there's been no real interpretation. People have said yeah. this was John Paul getting shot. This is the Holy Father. Is this yeah. the Holy Father? It's a Bishop Justin White. All to say is this this call for penance is really yes. I want to focus on. That the angel yeah. says penance, penance, penance. That we can do penance in reparation for sin. That's yeah. one of the things we can do is in not eat meat on Fridays, being a penance of the Amen. church. Yeah. Um, by not eating a dessert on a day or saying, you know, I'm not going to uh, drink you know, a beard tonight, even though I want one or whatever you may be, I'm not going to watch TV tonight or do Facebook for a time yeah. or whatever. I'm going to do penance in reparation. Yeah. You talk about what the importance of reparation. And so the angels come out, they need to be penance. What, what do we say? Souls are going to hell because no one's there to pray for them. Yeah. And this call to pray for souls. No, for sure. And I think that's, um, you know, you and I are Franciscan penitents. I mean, that, that's kind of our, our charism to, to do penance, both interiorly and exteriorly. And, um, to do penance for for our own sins and the sins of the world, and you know, just to to kind of put it on a uh, maybe a different light on it, that like, what wouldn't you sacrifice for someone you love? Uh, that that parents make all sorts of sacrifices for their children so that they might have the best situation here in the world. You know, they might go to the good schools, have the best coaches. Um, all, all of the advantages and, and, and parents bend over backwards and make all sorts of sacrifices for them. And, and that is right, that is just, that is good, and that is beautiful. But, um, but what about those that we love in their eternal situation? You know, what, what sacrifices would you not make for them? Um, and, and, you know, a lot of us struggle with, with loved ones who no longer go to church um, or loved ones who, who are not baptized. And, and this is a great sorrow and a great pain in our heart. And, and we can make penance, we can make reparation, and, and we can and we can do these things for them because you know, um, what wouldn't we do for those that we love? Yeah, beautiful. Well, uh, that's all the time we have. So um, the fun question for today. Oh, here we go. Uh, is just because talked about <laughs> what baseball. a transition from penance <laughs> to fun question. <laughs> we we are way way beyond. We wait <laughs> way too much time joking around at the beginning. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, my fault. But uh, so uh, just because talked about baseball. Yeah. If you're a professional baseball player, yes. what song would be that song? You know, there's the song that comes in. You my know, my walk up, my, walk my lead up, up song. The lead up song oh, before man, you... this is this is great. Um, well, you go first. Give me a second. Uh, so I think to think about this. Yes. That's the questions. But I was thinking Deo. You know that song, Dale. Yeah, 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 for Dale. sure. I just, it just makes me happy. I yeah. like. I loved going to camp, like Jesus Camp that we had, yeah. and all those things. Like I love the the camps, and they would sing that song. We'd do motions. So it's just something that makes me happy every time I hear it. I just feel like being in a good mood before I hit a baseball. Would be yeah, a good idea. That's so funny. I would probably pick something like totally like slow and melancholic, and just <laughs> like it would just totally like just bring a malaise over the stadium. Like um, just thinking of all the songs I listened to in high school. Um, I don't know. That's a great question. I have to think of something. Um, man, a lot. Three, just, two, one. I would probably pick like, what's my favorite praise and worship song? Probably just like, uh, like, oh man, you, you've totally just incepted. Uh, well, we are out of time, so you're done. You're gonna. <laughs> that, I'll have one for you next time. This is a great. <laughs> this is an important question. This is my walk-up song in the major leagues. I can't just wow say something. Okay, may the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, turn his countenance towards you, and give you his peace. And may Almighty God bless you, our God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You have to wait next time to hear what that yeah. walk-up song is going to be. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. 
If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith/give. That's becomefire.faith/give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.